Welcome to the latest installment of the Evolution Exchange podcast. Today I'm joined by an exciting panel of tech leaders to discuss an intriguing topic, embracing change, fostering a DevOps mindset. Now before we delve deeper into the topic, let's just work our way around the room with some introductions. I'd like to know who you are, what you do, and also your interests outside of the workplace. Peter, would you like to kick us off? Yeah. Uh, thank you very much, Jake, uh, for the opportunity, first of all, uh, of inviting me to this uh, podcast. And um, I'm um, a DevOps enthusiast, I would say, and maybe evangelist. And um, I've been uh, doing this over uh, different companies uh, for the moment. And uh, currently, I'm working with uh, OmniGame as head of uh, system operations and infrastructure. And then... Um, I, uh, in my free time, I like reading a lot and uh, experimenting with a lot of uh, open source uh, stuff, tools, and uh, software. Amazing stuff, Peter. Thanks for that introduction. And it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Fantastic. Moving on to yourself, Bogdan. Would you give us a quick uh, introduction? Yeah. Thank you, Jake. Thank you for introduction. Hi everybody, so I'm Bogdan, I am a DevOps tech lead uh, in a company called Banking Circle based here in Denmark. We are working with um, FinTech, that's our core business, but myself and my team are working with um, in DevOps, DevOps tool, uh, building all kind of automation for our uh, main um, clients, which actually are our colleagues from other departments. And uh, on top of it, uh, prefer to work with latest uh, technologies in terms of infrastructure as code, um, different types of scripting, different types of uh, CLI tooling, and so on and so forth. Um, personally, I on, on a personal level, I like to use my time with my family, but also I like to keep an eye on the latest uh, news for, again, technologies, not necessarily on DevOps, on other fields. So I keep myself busy. Amazing stuff once again. And last but not least, Tobias, take it away. Yeah, hello, everyone. I'm Tobias. I'm now for almost seven years working at GN and doing uh, DevOps for embedded software for hearing aids. Yeah, I'm also a DevOps enthusiast. Uh, yeah, excited about all new technology and enabling people to work smarter together. Yeah, when I'm not at work, I like to do uh, woodworking, and I like to spend time with my family, especially on bicycles. I have a big fable for all kind of bicycles, so that's me in a short. Brilliant. Thanks, Tobias. And some some mix of, you know, technical lives and non-technical lives there between all of us, which is good to see. And the woodworking is an interesting hobby to, to be part of as well. And I know before the call, we mentioned that you you sometimes make some furniture and that kind of thing. So, yeah, really interesting introductions, guys. So now we've established that context surrounding each of you, I guess we should move on to the topic in focus. You've all got a question or a statement surrounding change and the DevOps mindset. So as usual, we'll work our way around the room and ask each of you to pose your question and give some reasons behind it. So each of you will have an opportunity to give your take on the situation. But let's start with Tobias. Would you like to run us through your question and give some context behind it? Yeah, sure. Thanks. The question is, 
how do you transform resistance into support for the change? And I mean, as we are all humans, every change is, first of all, a challenge. We tend to fly away and, and have a habit of, of doing things we are familiar with. So a, a transformation into DevOps and, and changing ways of working always causes also some fears. And it is about how, how to embrace people on that, on that journey and make, they part, make, make them part of this journey. An excellent question. Um, Bogdan, we'll come to you first. I think Peter's having some technical difficulties here. Um, so do you have anything to add on that statement? Well, yes. So answering that question is uh, a tricky one, right? Because always a transformation um, brings, as you as you mentioned, Tobias, a, um, a resistance. But I think... Um, there are two ways. Always, there are two ways, in my opinion, how how uh, how you should do that. The hard way, or kind of the easier way, right? Now, the hard way, in my opinion, is like yes, you have a mandate from from the top level down, so it's kind of like top down, um, in a way. So you 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 just be in an organization when the people on you know kind of a B level, C level, uh, bringing down this is hey, okay, now you guys need to uh, align with this type of work, in our case, DevOps, and then um, do your best in order to, to introduce it. But this, this is kind of like if you like forcing, right? So this is a way, but then I am more uh, into having the other way around, meaning that the people should bring this up to, uh, to top level. And Nowadays, everybody in our field, like also we mentioned in our, uh, you know, start uh, description that all of us are enthusiasts, all of us are keeping an eye on what happens up there in the market and uh, what is the new stuff. So all of us, we definitely heard or um, saw how DevOps works and we saw the benefits of it. And I think by bringing this into everyday work, uh, it's a way to saying, hey, maybe it's a good idea to actually start doing it and, and trying out. And then you have uh, multiple possibilities in this way. You, you can start with the POC, you can start with small right steps, showing to the managers, then promoting further on, on top level, and then easily you literally <clears throat> change the resistance the, the resistance like like the PS said into a support like oh actually it's working you know actually it's good let's do that um so it it very much depends on of course which type of of organization you have um you have a, an organization that likes change then it's easy to implement uh, both ways don't get me wrong you have an organization that is a little bit more traditional, a little bit more robust, a little bit more, um, if you like, hard to change, then, well, it's a little bit more work. But at all times, uh, I think the tools that we have in the market uh, will help us. So if we want to do it, I think definitely we can we can find a way to do it. It's just a matter of if you really want to do it. A great, it's a great response, Bogdan. Uh, really thorough as well. So, Tobias, I know it was your question. Is there anything you'd like to add on Bogdan's response, or anything you'd like to add to your own question that we, you feel as though we've not quite covered there? 
I, I, I'd like the approach of, of involving people, kind of start starting grassroots and getting people do the things, also starting in small increments, as, as you mentioned, Bogdan. And I, I think one important point for me is also understand the reasons of resistance. Very often it's not because I, I don't want this, but more probably I've experienced this earlier and it didn't went well. And sometimes there's very valuable information about how you can improve life and if you figure out where does this resistance co comes from or what's the fear that comes with it. Well, again, I'm jumping in, and uh, if it's okay for you, sure. And and I think I, I, again depends on depends on what type of uh, organization you have, right? Because if you have a traditional one, the resistance immediately comes because you know if you have a lot of seniors there, um, and then I consider DevOps new kids on the block, right? A new kid on the block, and and then they definitely say, hey, we don't need this. We we've didn't we you know we've done this for many years. And it works. Um, so why do we need to do to have change? So always, like like you mentioned, a, a, a change in you know welcome with the uh, resistance. Um, so this is a, if you like a, a short answer to your own like where this resistance come from, right? Um, do you have an, uh, another angle? Yeah, I I think there's a true point in, in the way an organiza organization is. And I, I think one other angle is finding out what is the pain. I mean, usually even people are very used to that's the way we've done it. We've done it for 10 years. It works. It is usually also a thing. It, it doesn't work well, but I know what the pain is despite something new where I don't know what the pain will be. So sometimes I also try to figure out, okay, what, what doesn't work pretty well in the process? And kind of try to tackle that with a proof of concept. I mean, there's a lot of evidence that DevOps ha has a benefit. And I guess very often it's just that we're used to the pains we know rather than the pains we don't. So, yeah, that's uh, that's also true because uh, you're afraid of unknown, right? Yeah. Um, but I think, I mean, I think it depends um, very much also how open um, you want to be as a team, as a company, as an organization to uh, to embrace this change, right? Um, so, I don't know, it depends very much what you want to achieve at the end of the day. I am, uh, I am keen to see, I mean, I've seen in my life and uh, in my experience some some parts of organization be resisted to it, but then easily with a lot of uh, you know um, soft effort, put it like this, so not pushing too much, but easily uh, via examples we are bringing new new guys in in teams, uh, especially new ones. Um, sorry, uh, young ones uh, with a little bit of different um, culture. I saw that this resistance changes into acceptance, you know, because if you push it, push it, push it for it uh, with small increments and small steps, then at the end of the, I don't know, journey, you will see also the traditional um, departments or teams that they accept it, you know, at the end of, of 
their day or the work they can see oh, okay it's working so why, why not i mean if uh, if it's better than what we did before then let's do it even though they don't like it 100% because i saw that still they are mumbling here and there they they accept it so what is your experience uh, Tobias? yeah and it is definitely having having a good example and and a team that does it in a different way and and kind of is successful is a good selling factor to also teams that are more skeptical and not that open to the change and and seeing maybe life could be easier i i, I don't love this but I, I do it because i'm i'm used to do it so i, I think yeah it helps having a sample and Proof of concept, I think, are also a nice thing because you also have, also for the involved people to twist the thing, unless it fits the process and and it works in all angles. If it's not something that you've implemented and then people have to live with it, and I mean every change also comes with uh, some child diseases until it's it's really fully up and whooping. So I yeah. I think incremental steps wherever possible help a lot. Also, not to ha have a big thing that doesn't work as expected. That also more supports people that are already afraid of the change in their opinion that this is probably not a good thing. Amazing. I think you two have, have just had a, a sparring match there. Uh, it's uh, great to see some of your ideas bounce off each other. A lot of it depends, you know, it never seems to be one correct answer for these kind of subjects. Um, and it, it, as I mentioned, it's, it's great to see you you building on each other's points so, so early on in the conversation. Um, I guess, you know, since we we appear to have lost Peter, uh, hopefully you can return before the the end of the the podcast because I'm sure he's got some some amazing points to add. Um, but now we can move on to the next question, and I'm sure if Peter rejoins, then we can go back and hear his his opinions of of your question, Tobias. But for now, I guess we'll hand it over to to Bogdan, and hopefully we can get the the same sort of in depth discussion between you two again because that was excellent. Yeah, okay, so I will jump my question. And I think uh, it goes very well with uh, Tobias' point is, uh, you know, my question is, how do you foster DevOps culture in your organization? And uh, what tools, both technical in terms of CI/CD, automation, scripting, programming languages, and also soft part like workshop, conference, do you use in order to support the, the DevOps culture? A great question and just before we we get stuck into that uh peter has just joined so uh, hopefully you, you just you just took the the last bit of bogdan's question in uh if if not then we'll we'll hear tobias's answer first and then we'll go back to yourself bogdan um but yeah what where were you up to peter did you did you just hear bogdan's question uh, no, I had, I think, the last part of the question. I think okay. it would be nice to, to go through it again. Yeah. 
no worries. Well, Bogdan, take it away okay. one more time. Please. <laughs> All right. So my question is, how do you foster DevOps culture in your organization and what tools, both technical in terms of CICD automation, scripting, programming languages, and et cetera, and soft uh, like for workshops, conferences, guests, et cetera, uh, do you use to support uh, the building of your DevOps culture? I think very good question. <clears throat> I think I'll have a simple take on it. And um, uh, I think this is uh, really very different uh, from uh, uh, from uh, one environment uh, to another one. And um, usually I think I try to look at um, the current setup and see what is the biggest leverage we can work with. Uh, if it's like um, an, an environment where there is no DevOps culture at all, uh, usually that is a bit uh, a, a tricky one. And um, most times you could uh, start anywhere. And most times in such cases, uh, the tooling part is a good uh, uh, leverage uh, to get more buy-in uh, from people. Uh, because uh, what I've noticed is that um, the whole DevOps uh, 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 adoption uh, always brings with it um, a lot of uh, uh, change initiatives uh, to the people whom, uh, who have been doing stuff for a long time. And uh, usually this change is a bit, um, just like any change, is usually very scary. <clears throat> so most people usually would not be so eager to go with it. So. What, what I usually tend to do is to try to find uh, 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 something to start with where I would get as much buy-in as possible and show us some quick results uh, uh, which would get people to, 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 to buy in. Uh, when it comes to, 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 I think, to people who are already within, a, within DevOps journey somewhere, somehow, uh, I tend to feel that... Um, People sometimes get tired of um, these DevOps initiatives uh, because I think people expect sometimes when uh, some DevOps kind of initiative is set up, a team, some new guys come into the company and do a lot of nice stuff, they think maybe after one year we are done. Then these guys keep bringing new stuff. <laughs> these guys keep optimizing stuff. And then people start you know, getting <clears throat> tired of these people who are coming up with all of stuff. When will this end? So in such cases, that's when I, I go into uh, the evangelical kind of mode, whereby trying to talk to people and trying to make people understand that um, this is a non-stopping journey. This is the way it is. Uh, it's the way DevOps is. And uh, try to make sure that uh, I get some, uh, uh, some real soldiers who can talk on my behalf uh, about that because once you get one team or one leader of uh, of some DevOps kind of setup and is the one setting this one, usually people get tired of that same person <laughs> coming up with all this stuff. So usually as I'm doing a leverage, I find most times there are some guys who are who are fed up with the way things are. And usually I build on these guys and I try to make them sell the point for me. And uh, usually that that works uh, most of the times. But uh, 
still I try to make sure that uh, there is an, an uh, a culture of uh, upskilling all the time and try to make other people jump in and try to feel safe with this changing stuff all the time and where the benefit is uh, for the people and basically to just make people be more comfortable about change and new stuff uh, such that they start enjoying it in the same way. Don't know if it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, absolutely makes sense. And I think, I mean, it was, it was an in-depth answer and there's a lot to unpack there. Um, I guess we could hand over to Tobias and see what you think. Do, what, do you agree with Peter? Have you got anything else to add? Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree that kind of on, onboarding people on, on the journey and, and getting them involved is one of the most important things. And and also, yeah, at addressing the benefits and, and let people feel the benefits. Yeah, the way we try to address also a, a DevOps culture is one way also to kind of get people go onto DevOps conferences and not all only people with DevOps in their title, but kind of everyone in development. So they get also new ideas outside the company and outside what we've always done. And then also kind of as we're a rather big company with very different fields, also exchanging DevOps concepts among the different teams and groups and, and kind of finding out, okay, what are the commonalities? Where we, can we probably share efforts or where can we le learn approaches from, from other teams? And it's yeah, it also sells sometimes easier if you can say, look, we're doing this already in the organization or this tool is already used in the company which makes it sometimes easier than introducing a completely new tool into a company. And then also kind of uh, the other way with the people we work together and that we try to embrace on the DevOps journey, having regular meetings, addressing, okay, what are the issues with what we do right now? Where, where are your pains? And also what are your ideas on improving and trying to address these and implement these so that basically people feel part of the journey and feel like they, they can influence that and it's it's made for them and it, it's not something that we put on top of them. Good stuff. Yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting to hear the different perspectives already just from this question alone. I mean, Peter and, and you, yourself, Tobias, giving some examples from, from DevOps culture and mindset. Um, within your workplaces which are vastly different is really interesting to see as well and i like that kind of bringing the the real world examples into the conversation i do really think it adds a lot of value uh, bogdan it was your question what do yeah. you think <laughs> well i you know very very good uh, answers from from your two guys and i think um uh, both of you touched the 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 answer I had in my my head too, and uh, idea of this question was like, you know, how do you start it, right? How how do you you kick in the the DevOps? And I think Peter, you you mentioned it very well because also in my head was kind of you really need a to have a unicorn, and then this unicorn that will be you know striving to to implement or, or bring DevOps in your organization can be a person or can be a, a bunch of guys, right? And and then you. I think our role as as leads are literally to to foster those guys and protect a little bit and see is it worth it or not. Of course, 
we really like to i mean i hope all, everybody in you know in in it world likes to to have a devops culture in inside of their own organization and i really hope those guys that are bringing devops are protected and supported by by us and by the managers because it it is important right it, it is important to see them to to support them to give them the right tools and the right uh, both soft and, and technical tools and uh, um like like also to be i said you know it's just a matter of showing to to the guys that hey we don't necessarily need to change everything from scratch you already have those parts in it's just a matter of maybe rearranging and optimizing like peter said you know just optimizing a little bit and then you will have a better life you know you can just focus on on your other stuff that gives more meaning for you instead of kind of easily you know uh, fix them here and there and then coming back to the first question saying like uh, i know my pains it's like okay if you know your pains let's let's make it easier to to work with it right and uh, i think it's it's a very nice way to start easy um because that's why also i put there what what tools you are bringing because the devops guy can show if you like a traditional way of working that hey you don't need to bring new tools you you already have scripting everybody has scripting don't get me wrong you know everybody knows how to to write a bash script or a, or a partial script but then to put it in a devops way just making a pipeline beside it that will trigger that then here you have it right this is the first step this is the easiest step that you can show to the guys you don't need to literally click yourself all the stuff you just put it there with the right let's say configuration on it and then here you have it now i think this start will might open the window for 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 devops and then supporting by by you know um going to conference having a workshop having best practices because we have all kind of meetups around uh, you know our city today and i'm not talking about in you know copenhagen but in everywhere in the world so so you just meet people and then bring into your organization have an hour or two to show best practices and here you have it um and then again, I really like the the way that uh, Peter, you know, pointed out is like I, I had enough of DevOps. Leave me alone. I really want to do my stuff. But it's it's kind of a hey, you <laughs> optimize over optimize because we are in IT working on iteration, right? Always, always like you know, first version zero zero one is is yeah. the worst one, but at least it's working. Now it's kind of, you know, after that comes the refactoring, after that comes the, you know, the settling and all the stuff. Um, so this is this is the same with building the culture. So you start small, building up, building up, and then and then you you, you put the brick by brick and then you have it. It will never stop, in my opinion. Exactly. Good stuff. And have you got anything to add on that, Peter? Yes. Uh, so, uh, uh, you want? Should I introduce my question or? Oh, I was just well. I, I saw you were you seemed eager to to jump in on on um, Dan's point there. But yeah. if you've if you've got nothing to add, then that's that's fine. I'm sure um, we've we've discussed this conversation, um, this this topic in particular in depth. But if you'd like to add on it. That's fine. If not, be sure to introduce your your question and give some context behind it as well. It's completely up to you on that. It uh, it brought it brought me some uh, when uh, when Botan was talking. It reminded me of the talk we had about a marathon, and um, what he was saying is exactly that kind of mindset. I think 
there could be like three, four mindsets which really people need to know. But I think I know, I don't do the marathons, but I know the marathon mindset. Because the marathon mindset, <laughs> people have a pacer who says, you know, I'll set the pace for you. And then people have this kind of patience, which is like, you know, you overdo it, of course, you get burnt. Uh, but always people have this um, assistance about them, uh, the marathoners. I think maybe Jack will agree with me that they know that uh, this is a long, a long, a long thing. You really will stick in there, just pace yourself, and uh, don't worry about other people could move faster, but uh, just move uh, uh, just as you are. And then uh, the other thing which uh, which we have tried in um, uh, it was in BEC Financial financials because for huge companies um especially when um, when you are set up in a safe uh, setup um it becomes a bit difficult to 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 share the devops um, uh, practices across different departments uh i think in all banks <laughs> maybe whatever but um what we try to do is something which Microsoft has really done so well. Let's call the DevOps dojos, whereby you take uh, a couple of people from different departments and then try to create um, an environment. Um, I, I don't know if uh, if you've heard about the dojos, but if you have not, uh, is the dojo is the Japanese kind of uh, uh, concept whereby if you are training uh, judo, um, you have a room where you go in and you try your way of doing stuff and that kind of uh, concept uh, which they are using to try to make people feel comfortable in an environment is what uh, what people have tried to to bring also into devops with the devops dojos you get a group of people and then you try to give out an exercise and try to 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 to, to give this environment where people are really free to fail because Big organizations sometimes the the punishment for failure is quite expensive, <laughs> so people even if people would like to try and take up the new concepts, usually it's like the cost. My manager, this budget is not there, you know. So you try to create a safe environment, and this is where like management is really very important to say yes, you people, you are free to use this budget because sometimes. Mm, the the budget set up for DevOps transformations is very small or even non-existent. It's just maybe for the few four or five guys who are doing the DevOps, that's the budget. But really, it costs a lot of money to take other resources who are being who are getting introduced into this. There will be some delays. And uh, usually this uh, this complicates the stuff. I think that's what Tobias said. The resistance sometimes comes from that end, whereby uh, the money which is being used. So creating these safe environments, and uh, I think Bogdan said they called it a unicorn, whereby you have these guys and they go out and usually once you show them some quick way of you know optimizing the, the bash script and they could see how much more it can save even other people. Because somebody has a script which they have been using, they don't know. In the other group, people were were dying to get this script. So that's what I wanted to add. <laughs> Brilliant. It's great, great stuff. And Tobias, I've seen you almost hesitate to jump in there. Is there something you'd like to, to add on that or is it time to move on to speak this question? Yeah, I, I think I, I like the idea of, of kind of share, sharing good practices 
among the teams and and yeah giving a safe space where people can try something because yeah i guess time pressure is always a a factor as well if you need to learn something new as you mentioned peter it takes time you you are slower if you do something new and if you can create that safe space where people or at least a certain group of people is allowed to be slower but embrace on that new journey it's a big investment but it's also a very worthwhile doing they can spread the experience they've made with it and probably feel that there is a lot of potential in it. Okay, good stuff. And um, Bogdan, that, that was a great question from yourself. I mean, <laughs> uh, uh, you, you've already kind of kind of added on the question. Is there anything else you'd like to to jump in with there? Well, no, it's just the last point which I want to, you know, highlight is that uh, there is a, a back of, uh, of the coin uh, because, um, you know, this positive, if you like, energy and, and trying to optimize and optimize can actually go to the other side where you over-engineer your stuff. So at all times, um, I like also to to highlight the, the importance of this DevOps unicorn or DevOps unicorns because those guys know also when to manage not to go to over you know over the edge because sometimes what happens and and I did it myself you know you you start being so positive and so go for it that you over engineer a stuff that maybe you put too much time in doing it right then actually you take care out of it. So so it has to be a fine balance on how much you go for for this uh, this type of work that um, you know DevOpsing and automation can bring for you. And um, I think you know fostering a right culture now I'm jumping a little bit aside. The right culture is it's a fine balance on where you stop and where you should you know go for the best practices. And um, yeah, that's the last point I want to just highlight. It's like try to to be, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, balancing what you what you're doing. Okay, brilliant. Well, thanks for such a, an in-depth question, Bogdan, and thanks you guys for contributing so so equally and and well on on that question. Um, I guess it's a good time to move on to your question now, Peter. Now we've we've run through that question as much as possible. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> uh, my question, I think, comes out of um, um, the times I've been at conferences, especially one time when I was presenting at a conference, it was at a computer world. And then uh, I think I was like maybe five, 10 minutes into the conference and somewhere in the middle of the audience, it was like, I think, uh, 200 people. Somewhere in the middle of the audience, somebody who was really straight uh, across me was sleeping and was like dozing. <laughs> I said, this must be very boring. Somehow I felt like this must be very boring. I lost track a little bit, but then I looked at other guys who were smiling and I said, okay, let me go on. But I tried to look for this guy afterwards, you know, to try to see what was so, <laughs> what's so, so terrible that uh, he was sleeping. And uh, it was it was actually nothing. It was just we had had uh, woken up, you know, a long time to come from Oz to come up for the conference. And it's not like it was boring. And the other guys gave a good review of the whole uh, talk. But uh, I noticed also when I was talking with him 
that sometimes when we go to conferences, you get a lot of people talking about the same thing, which is DevOps, but presenting it in a lot of different perspectives. And some people talk about it and you say, this is not us. This can never work in my industry. Especially, I think uh, Tobias will, uh, will will maybe recognize this. When I was within Embedded, within uh, Sennheiser and Epos, I used to go and people are talking a lot about the cloud uh, DevOps kind of stuff. And I said, this can't work in our embedded world. <laughs> it's, <laughs> are these people thinking about us? You know, are they thinking the stuff on-prem can't do DevOps? So that's when I got this question and I said, could there be a framework um, like a blueprint? Like you just go, uh, especially I've been in the, the different industries, I try to go and I see where it could be applied. And I'm trying to say, could there be something which could help us, the enthusiasts, into this? That I know when I go there, this blueprint should work all the time. I don't know if it's clear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, so I can, can I jump in? Um, Jake, let me know. Yes, okay. Well, the short question is yes, right? Uh, um, there is, there is, yes, uh, a way that you can apply this DevOps, like you call it DevOps blueprint, DevOps framework um, anywhere. But there is a big but. And then here I want to highlight because you also mentioned that you can, you can, is it possible to apply it in, you know, um, large enterprise, startups, scale-ups, cloud native, you name it. Now, when you when you look at DevOps framework, like you like you mentioned, uh, Peter, is you know a DevOps framework comes with a lot of things around it. Comes with you know the right tools, the right apologies, that all kind of things. Now, if you have a scale, um, I was called a startup, for example, and then you have five, ten, five, six persons. Now, a full blown. DevOps framework, which might not apply, you know, because then then you have a manager over there, then you have a, I don't know, uh, HR people. I mean, it's too much, but then you have four guys, which is actually a a, a team of a, an HR, right? And then you can apply the best practices for DevOps, but it might be too much. I don't know. I'm just saying. Um, so I think yes, definitely the best practices for DevOps you can apply it everywhere. It doesn't cost much. It doesn't hurt. But also, it's important to make sure that your organization is, uh, you know, ready to for support the full, um, full-fledged DevOps framework around it. Um, so I can see Tobias is is uh, smiling around. <laughs> you have anything to add? Yeah, I, I'm smiling because my my answer would be just diverse. I would have started with a short one of no. But <laughs> I, I agree with you that uh, I think the principles of DevOps can apply everywhere, whether you do a cloud native, a startup scale, you build it, you own it company, or you're a more traditional company doing embedded software, where all the processes look different. But I think the principles and a lot of the cultural aspects of working together, fostering collaboration, being transparent that they're universal, I, I, I fully agree. I, I think when it comes to technology, technicality, as, as Peter mentioned, yes, I hear a lot, well, that doesn't work in embedded. It's so different. 
yes, of course, we don't, we cannot deploy 20 times a day. We're not even in control when our software gets on a device. It, it, it is a, a push versus pull, where in Cloud Native, you usually can, can push your stuff once it is ready. It's basically up to your own, how, how good you are that you can push things out versus in a, in many other fields like embedded, you very often rely on the actual customer pulling your update. And it's totally out of your control. If they're willing to take the update, if they have time. So, yeah. Yeah. There's different angles to it. Good stuff. Exactly. What do you think, Peter? Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, I think I think that's also like the short answer. I think yes, because um, I think it has been proven in uh, in a lot of the industries. Um, although some industries um, still think it's uh, crazy, but I think um, I think also when I look at uh, maybe like going back to the first principles of DevOps, like when we we think about comms, uh, people talk about automation and the culture and the measurements. And lean, and um, I think um, I've noticed in some of the conferences well, like um, there is a, there is like um, a lot of uh, emphasis on the automation part, and uh, somehow I think the cultural mindset thing is usually very um, is usually left out. I think a bit. Um, and uh, I think that is one of the things which I think is important because when you do all the good stuff, all the automation and all the new tools and all the new languages, which never ends, <laughs> um, the, the exhaustion and uh, the cognitive uh, exhaustion, like now when you look at the landscape of uh, whatever, the open source uh, landscape, will always come up. And I think now we are trying so much to make uh, developer platforms to hide that a bit from the people. But uh, the cultural part, I think, which I would think of as maybe a unifying framework somehow um, would be the whole point of how could you ensure people that uh, this kind of um, uh, concept which we are bringing about will be a success because I think um, both in small, very small <laughs> startups and big, uh, big companies, there is always this this fear of the cost. It looks like it's too much of a bait of usually one or two guys who are too enthusiastic about this. And how can you ensure us? Uh, as I think, uh, I think maybe Tobias was saying, there will be those delays when you start implementing. How can you ensure us that uh, we, we 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 delay this feature? because you are getting guys to use this new pipeline and uh, this new whatever infrastructure is called. How can you ensure us that we'll catch up and we'll, uh, uh, we'll get the results which are coming up? And, and for me, I think that's the thing which makes me very excited about, uh, about DevOps, that it has this kind of um, um, sublinear uh, returns. Uh, the guys who have, um, who, have, uh, who have done it well, are really gaining so much <laughs> and and because they gain so much they just keep doing it and the guys who are still uh hesitant are losing out and um and and over time i think it's going to create these two 
companies which will be like those which will be dying and trying so much to fix things with a lot of uh, people to come in and serve them and those will be going there so i think it's important to tell people that yes devops i can assure you this thing is going to work and why would it work uh, is because uh, there's this concept i think of um, of like i think fractal production uh, 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 productivity i don't know if you have heard about it uh, but the fractal uh, productivity ensures uh, that uh, if you apply uh, at least a leverage in uh, what you are in setting up for example devops and also you try to ensure uh, that um, these initiatives which you are setting up will be compounding over time which i think Bogdan was saying that uh, uh, don't don't go for the perfect thing one time. Uh, there'll be small things, but um, and it might be boring, and uh, you might take. I think there have been where a time where I noticed two years of nothing. You could show to people that this is really working, uh, and money was going, and uh, some features were being delayed, and then all of a sudden, when started stuff used to get started happening, like in Sennheiser. These results were coming from very different angles, and people are saying we could not do this before. Now we are releasing products very fast. Things which would take three years now are taking six months, sometimes three months, with better quality. And it was difficult for people to pinpoint exactly where these benefits were coming from. But for those of us who had been in the in the kitchen, it was like. Ah, finally, <laughs> finally now I can talk, I can show the results because I think mostly DevOps starts with the developers, very, very close to the developers. And uh, I think within uh, software development, most of us start from software development. We have this instant gratification. When you develop your feature, your function, it works just like that, you know. The machines are just working. And then um, if somebody has been developing software for five years, 10 years, this kind of impatience and laziness comes up because people think, why should I waste time to something which is going to show me results in three months? Things should just work. Don't tell me that you are making all these, uh, all these uh, playbooks. <laughs> there are so many, you are creating a lot of stuff and you are telling me it's going to work. Things should just work. So I think telling people that all these features, they compound and they'll create a domino effect, which it's inevitable that you will fail. You, you, you can't fail, you just can't fail. And I think that guarantee, if it is applied to all industries, for example, you're starting anywhere. When I go to, to like, um, to like uh, maybe a new company or a new project, I usually try to tell people, with this conviction and then why are you so convinced that uh, it will work? <laughs> and uh, that's usually what I say. I say, it's inevitable if we do it right. There is no way you can have something which compounds and has a domino effect and has a leverage. It will never fail. And everybody who has done it, it works. So that's the kind of blueprint which I think that uh, people need to know that all the things which we do with automation is the leverage which we are trying to figure out to use what we already having and this compounds. I, uh, Please, Bogdan, come in. <laughs> yeah, may I chip in because you know, kind of, I'm yes. coming from the other the other side a little bit um, because you said that you know DevOps starting from the development. I think, I think it's a it's it's a both way because also the 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 name you know DevOps is like development and operation, right? 
and yeah. I can see here um, a lot of clashes also in the DevOps team because also the role of a DevOps guy is not clearly, you know, kind of defined. Where are you? You know, are you in the ops or are you in the dev? And I think um, it's very important also for this DevOps framework that you you mentioned about to make sure that you combine both best practices from development, but also from operation, because I said that I'm coming from the other side and I saw many times, you know, development goes very fast. Like you said, I want to do it now. I just, you know, kind of like I felt a little bit the blood is, I want more, I want more. So go ahead, go ahead, it's working. And what I'm trying also many times to promote is that guys don't do something that work and and especially not that kind of works for me or it worked when I pressed that button it should work for everybody and that that actually comes from from the operation side you know because when you do a stuff it has to be operated even for a week for a month for a year whatever it's actually you have a time of operating it now if you don't manage to make it right you know to put the devops kind of like flavor on it then then you will end up in actually a very nice automation for development that it will do only development but not for devops because you know the devops is is cicd right you you always deploy or is integrate you always deploy or integrate now another thing which i like to say is that i i like to use the the old guys you know kind of like the that means that the 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 pure blood, those guys in the basement, like I call them, because they have notions about the, the, the systems, they have notions about all the kind of stuff that you can bring up easily to the developers. Now, in, in your case that you mentioned, hey, uh, you know, fast deployment, and then you can say, hold your horses. If you want to do it in this way, do it right. You know, use it right, make it operational, make it easy to, to, uh, to be uh, um, maintained in the long run. So, um, so that that's why I just the kind of like <laughs> on on uh, on DevOps saying like, hey, it comes from both sides, not only from yes. the, the developers only, but it comes also from the other side. And actually, it's in the middle. It's always a clash. Don't get me wrong. You know, always you have you have a clash. But I exactly. I believe I believe from those battles. At least if you if you know how to manage those battles inside of your own DevOps team, if you call it like that, then then I think it's a winning point because. Absolutely, development is fast and is cool and is the new new shit in the, you know, on the market. But then, then you have the, the operation saying, you know, make it in this way, make it, you know, easy to maintain and so on and so forth. So, so. Yeah. And I and think I well, if I may ch chime in, I, I think sometimes changing the driver's seat is is also a a very funny exercise. I mean, for a developer. Feeling the pain of having poor monitoring, poor logging. Like, if you do develop features, yeah, this is just side crap, right? But if you've changed the driver's seat and, and, and we're set in a system that has almost no visibility and you're supposed in the middle of the night to tell why this thing stopped behaving, then you kind of start learning why people say, yes, this is important. I, I don't want to drive this thing at a 200 kilometers per hour if I don't know what it does. So kind of get, getting a mutual understanding of what the others do and also what they can see and what they can't. Because uh, what, what I've seen like in the traditional way where you've thrown your software over the fence and then you can play, well, and now, now comes this guy again with some constraints or why can't they just fix it? 
and sometimes you realize they they can't they they don't see a, a thing and they've probably never seen a line of code of your thing so they have no knowledge what's inside they know what it's supposed to do and they see what you give to them so i think a, a very important aspect of devops is also kind of yeah the collaboration and and kind of getting each other standpoint Brilliant, and that's a. I think that's a great way to yeah. to round off. Oh, sorry, Peter. There was a bit of a uh, bit of a delay in the response. Um, that, that yeah. might have been my bad. So yeah, take it away if you have something to add. Uh, yes, I think uh, I wanted to add on Tobias's point uh, that um, that is very 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 true um and I, I usually think about it as a, a perspective uh, because uh, um this is, i think also are sometimes the cause of uh, resistance um when when you keep one perspective uh also i think as Boldan was saying uh when when you look at it from the developer's angle <laughs> sometimes you miss the whole point uh, and you miss like the other people coming in, but I think uh, um, what what us as DevOps enthusiasts we need to do to have this kind of um, I think integrative complexity of looking at uh, uh, perspectives. We need to have all these different perspectives in balance uh, because it's only in that case I think when you could see. The different uh, effects in different angles and how it affects different people. I think that's where, like, uh, you can you can assist in this cohesion of the different uh, departments which come up. Brilliant, and yeah, I think I think you guys have have give a lot of different perspectives on that that question in particular. Obviously, there's certain opinions that it sways towards. They have certain opinions that this ways towards ops, and as you've mentioned, Bogdan, you think it's you know slap bang in the middle. So it's interesting to see different opinions and viewpoints, and I suppose that's what the whole conversation is surrounding today. It's a very important topic. Um, so yeah, great question, Peter. Um, I think that's a great way to round it up. Is there any burning desires to to go down one last rabbit hole of anyone in the conversation before we before we wrap it up? Well, I can chip in with the last small question, guys. You know, for for every of us, is is yeah, you try to build a DevOps culture, and I'm pretty sure everybody, like mentioned, has a DevOps culture, bigger or smaller, the organization. But then, at the very end, how do you measure that your organization has a DevOps mindset? I mean, is adopting it is is how you how you see the results of this. Um, I, I think that is um, that is really that is really a good one, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I, I think uh, um, I, 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 I'll I look at uh, at a couple of I think uh, common parameters which could be across different staffs, and I think most of them have to do with uh, with the the, the the frequency. For example, uh, the frequency of releases um, sometimes is an indication of uh, of um, of uh, how far people have come, and not only the frequency, but also the frequency of uh, 
of how fast, if there's something which fails within the release, how fast is it like to fix these issues? And then um, if if it's like, for example, in the embedded world where like you can't do these constant uh, uh, deployments all the time, I think you could look at the frequency of uh, of, uh, of commits uh, because um, um, if 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 DevOps is done right, I think one of the benefits which would come up is that uh, you'd you'd free up a lot of time uh, for 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 the developers, for the testing QA teams. You'd free up more time for them to 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 work on what they love, like coding, uh, like writing greater test cases and frameworks. And when this happens, the rate of commits uh, increases, and uh, it also goes back to the to the to the incremental incremental development and uh, small bits. I think the agile way. Uh, if if again people are getting into this mindset of uh, let's go faster and uh, small bits, uh, it will mean it will it will mean there will be a lot of commits which will be going into the repositories, and that will most times translate into better quality of um, of what has been happening. So that brings like the number of incidents which 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 um, which have been handled, and also like um, the quality of uh, of like the incidents which come up should be like I don't know if you could say increasing. There would be a lot of incidents, but there would be those incidents which show that the quality is uh, is improving. So measuring. The, the the frequency of releases, uh, the number of uh, commits and frequency of it, and also like the quality of uh, of of um, of the work which is being uh, delivered. Uh, for me, those would be the immediate um, uh, immediate um, measures which I could look at. stuff and Tobias is there anything to, to add on that I know, I know it was a quite a, a to the point question there and I think Peter did a great job of, of rounding it up somewhat but is there anything you'd like to, to add with that one yeah I, I think it, it it is a very good question I think there there's two dimensions of it one is, is kind of measuring and metrics and also still use them with care I mean you can tweak every metric to look pretty nice, but not achieve what you want. So every metric also has a has a downside. And the second thing is also kind of take the time as an agile and, and do retrospective and look like, how did we do a year ago? And then you start realizing, oh, we've, we, we're doing way better than what, what we did in the past. Because sometimes if you look in the future, you see so many things you aren't doing yet and where you think we can even be, be better. But but looking back, how, how was it a year ago, two years ago, shows you how, how much you have improved and how much more you're capable of doing, which you weren't two years ago. Excellent stuff. Bogdan, any final comments surrounding what the guys have said? Well, yeah, just a small ones because Peter and, and Tobias actually answer my question and also having my answer inside but but um just a couple of ads saying that um 
again, from, from my perspective for operation, going towards the development, I could see, uh, I mean, we could see that a DevOps culture well implemented can can also be measured in, you know, fast response to organization and need. Um, and then when you have a cloud-based uh, company like mine, when when the different uh, teams need something, for example, in cloud to be spun up or deployed, then you have automation instead of a people, you know, a person doing these things. And then you can see from two days time of, uh, you know, responding to hey, and it is to literally five minutes, then it's a huge, huge gap. Right? And then uh, again, Frequency of releases, like Peter mentioned, and and all kind of metrics, like Tobias mentioned. But then, to be honest, at the end of the journey, not at the end of the journey, but one big, big step on the journey of having a DevOps uh, mindset and framework implemented into your organization is literally to transform all these iterations, small bits and pieces, into literally a DevOps platform per se. And then I can give some examples uh, to some of mine acquaintances here that literally they just developed the DevOps platform inside of their organization. And then you have, for example, Slack connected to that and say, I want that. And then as a developer guide, then you will have an entire environment just based on a, you know, literally on, on a request on, on Slack uh, that you can go and then develop your, your own things quickly without waiting like two weeks time until you have all these bits and pieces in place and then you can strip it out and then you have the results. So, so I think, you know, measuring DevOps is a matter of how fast you respond to the organization need in terms of, you know, providing what they need quickly and iterative and then make sure that it works. Good stuff. And I do think that is a is a great way to to sum up the conversation really unless anybody else has got any, any additional comments um i i appreciate it's been a we've covered a lot of topics and and we have kind of i, I don't know personally any other avenues to go down so if if there's no more further comments from you guys then i'm happy to end it there I think I have one question, I think, to Bogdan. Uh, he mentioned a very interesting part now, which I, I feel so much about, uh, the developer platforms and um, uh, the stuff you're working with, you know, creating all those templates and stuff. Is it uh, based on, uh, like, backstage or is it like a pure kind of new setup of a platform for developers? Well, it's... Um... I mean, my team and myself, we like to explore and then we, we look into different technologies like Backstage, you, you mentioned it. And, and to be honest, we, we are trying to adapt the best for, for our organization in terms of, of adoption, but also like many times you, you mentioned cost. And then uh, it, it very much depends on what is best for, for us. And then we have also, you know, bespoke and custom made uh, the parts that we want to put in a, in a so-called DevOps platform that we integrate with uh, the technology that we have in the house. And then, then here we have it. So it's um, literally, it's a matter of, of uh, fitting the purpose, in my opinion. Good. Answer your question, Peter. Uh, yes. Really. So I have okay. uh, just one last one. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Uh, it's no more like, um, <laughs> yeah, it's more like I think um, I, I'm just trying to gather like I think um, some statistics uh, in your experiences, maybe in the current companies or the different ones. Have you also realized uh, like um, 
maybe after five years or something like that, that also like um, somehow it reflects on uh, on the company performance, like money-wise. Uh, because um, I, I usually want to give such examples where like um, the companies which have really invested into this, somehow I feel it should. It should be inevitable that they perform also good. Um, it might not be like the total whatever, uh, the total whatever, but normally comparing from where people started, there might be some uh, years where it goes down for different reasons like COVID, but like seeing the effect of um, the more frequent releases, the ease of uh, developers speeding up uh, environments that quick. Have you realized some of these things that Can you replace a little bit the question? Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah, can you rephrase a little bit the question? Uh, yes. So like uh, usually companies have like KPIs and um, sometimes they share it once in a, in a year or twice. Like we have um, the financial results of uh, maybe the last quarter. Uh, in small companies like uh, like Omni Game, what I love, we share them every week. <laughs> we perform. Uh, everybody could see how we've performed and where we're going. But like over a period of time, those KPIs on the company level, because if if you are producing more products like in game, more new headsets and more stuff, most times uh, in those departments, because sometimes it's few departments which start which adopt DevOps. Um, the the, the 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 income which which comes out usually reflects also that something has been happening within these departments at least over three years or five years in my experience and that's what i was asking that um, have you seen something like that also or am i trying to <laughs> to do, to read more into devops than what is there <laughs> <laughs> well I think you're you're having a valid point, which is sometimes the bigger the company and the more diverse it is, the harder it is kind of to trace to create that relationship between DevOps success and and the product. And I mean, given if you take take us, we we produce different kinds, as you said, headsets, hearing aids, base, basically products. That uh, where where you create the product once and then you reproduce it, so a fair bit of it depends on 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 the market itself. But what definitely definitely enables is is shipping a even more complex products. I mean, we wouldn't be able to ship the latest hearing and instrument without having DevOps in place. I, I think it's the most complex product we've ever made, and it is a success. So. I think there there is a relationship. I don't think we can make a relationship between the numbers of products we sell versus uh, DevOps. Because there's there's a lot of factors, and it's at least in my area, it's it's a medical product, so it also depends on how how people get subsidized and whatnot. So. Yeah, at least I don't have the insights to to see that. I, I I'd love to see them. <laughs> I agree with you, Peter. 
<laughs> but it's 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 a challenge. Yeah. Brilliant. Is anything else to add on that, Bogdan? Just before we wrap up, I am conscious of the time here. Um, but yeah. if there's anything else you'd like to add, then be sure to to hit us with it. No, no. And then actually, this is a, if you like a follow up of my follow up question, which like, you know, measuring DevOps, but then it's very much related to the economic part of the business. And, and I cannot give you a, a number in, in my case, because I do not have that. But my managers, I'm pretty sure they, they keep an eye on, on our performance. And I'm pretty sure they are making a mapping between our performance and, and overall performance. But I do not have that number, I have to admit. So... Brilliant. Well, guys, I think that is a great way to, to wrap things up. I think we've, as I mentioned before, we've discussed a lot of different topics um, and considering it was just three of us, I, I think, well, three of you guys, sorry, uh, I think you guys could go all day discussing this kind of thing. So uh, I guess we have to put a stop to it at some point. So before we just end the podcast, I'd like to say thank you very much to our guests uh, for sharing all their, their knowledge and insights. They've been Peter, Bogdan and Tobias so thank you very much guys just a note if you or anyone you know would like to be featured on the podcast you can drop me a message too I'm Jake Stamp you can find me on LinkedIn or email me at jake.stamp at evolution-nordics.com thanks again for all of our guests and thank you for listening